Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yeah, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. Okay. I think he's binging Umbrella Academy. That sounds right. And running the boards is Joey D. Hello. On today's show, we will talk about DC Fandome with Gareth Von Kallenbach. And like I talked about with Umbrella Academy, it's going to be our spectacular. Ooh. We're going to talk about it till we're done talking about it. Because that's what we do. We talk about it. I have so much to say. I know you do. So no geek sheet, Vicky, but how can people... How can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. More. Or just search for BJ Shays Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, radio.com, and iTunes to find us. Yeah. Now let's get right in with Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach. Again, from Skewed and Reviewed. You can find that at sknr.net. Got a lot of information about the upcoming DC fandom. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed. That is sknr.net. Net. And Gareth, I know, man, it's just like it was so exciting for you uh, to talk with the boys uh, earlier this week. And I mean, I'm just so excited for that. But there's so much more that's even going on, especially when you're talking about comic books and comic book movies and all of that stuff. And with DC doing fandom, what can we expect? Well, right now, uh, they've issued a ton of DVDs on the market. Uh you know, ton four or five. And so you have things like the R-rated Deathstroke Knights and Dragons animated film, which is out. Uh, You have Wonder Woman, the complete collection. So if you're a fan of Linda Carter's um, version of Wonder Woman, you have, you know, the full series right there, a lot of bonus features, and you have the pilot movie. And then uh, we now have Batwoman, the complete first season out. And uh, coming very soon, you have the complete sixth season of The Flash. Now, one of the reasons I mention this is that they have in the past done, uh, as a bonus feature on these, the panel at Comic-Con the year before, where they looked at, you know, it was kind of fun to see the cast and creative talking about the upcoming season. Then after you see the upcoming season on the air, or DVD, whatever, you look back on the panel. And they've decided to do something a little different with the bonus features this year. Most of them are the best of the DC um, panels from Comic-Con 2019. So those are Ooh. nice touches. So, you know, if you're a fan, you get the, you can, not only do you get caught up, you get the good picture, the good sound quality, and then you get all the bonus features as well as a look back at the panels. And I know that's kind of fun for the people who don't get to go to Comic-Con. And I know people say, oh, I can watch it online. Not the same. Not the same when <laughs> totally. it's a professional. You know, there's a difference between someone sitting in the first few rows holding up their cell phone, there's a difference when it's professionally filmed and recorded, and that's what these are. So that's a really cool uh, treat. And that's, I mean, an exciting thing, too, because during quarantine, a lot of times uh, people want to uh, go back to some comfort food, especially when it comes down to watching their favorite old shows. So when you can get the full like season collection of something, it's a perfect way to binge it if uh, you don't want to deal with uh, any streaming services or do anything along those lines. Exactly. And that is a problem because, you know, there are certain shows that are out there, boom, ready to go the next day. There are certain ones that you have to tie into an app to watch for free. Mm -hmm. But then as cord cutters find out, oh, it's only free if you are connected to a cable or dish service. 
or this and that, and it's back and forth. Or it's you know you're jumping from one streaming service to another, going okay, where is it? When is it coming out? That sort of thing. So this is a nice option. Now with Fandom occurring, uh, are we are we getting any news, or is it all just rumors at this point? Well, we've got some things based on panels and uh, some innuendo as well. So. Um, I guess, where, where do you want to start? Games, movies, or television? Let's start with uh, some of the games. Okay, so we are going to be getting some news on the um, games that are coming out. And what, there's a rumor of uh, some things coming from Warner Brother Games Montreal. So we don't know what it is. We just know they're doing a panel. But we do know that we're going to get more information on the Suicide Squad game, which is apparently called Suicide Squad kill the justice league and that is going to be very intriguing and of course we've heard all the rumors oh there's another batman game coming there's a superman game coming there's this there's that who knows but uh (laughs) the the point is we're going to be getting a suicide squad game and warner brother games has a uh, warner brothers games has their own panel and so we'll see what's happening i've even heard some rumors and this one got me going that when they ran a teaser trailer there was a really quick Mortal Kombat clip in there. Whoa. And everyone got all bent out of shape. And I said, well, you got to remember, they did a Mortal Kombat versus DC they game did. several years ago. Yeah. But I said, but you have to remember, they have to throttle it back because they did not allow graphic violence and killing. You can't have Superman ripping someone's head off. And then, <laughs> you know, that's not the licensing isn't going to go for that. Right. So I said, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Now, if they decided, and I said, that's why we got the Injustice game series and stuff. I said, however, just imagine the potential if they decided to maybe go, you know, like they did. Remember, we've had the Joker appear in Mortal Kombat. That was not censored. The heroes have to be censored. The bad guys don't. So, you know, bear <laughs> that so in mind. Weird. Yeah, right. And so, you know, these are all crazy things. And, you know, the TV shows I find really interesting because they're going to go with the animated shows. You're going to get the CW shows that you'd expect to see at Comic-Con, like Black Belt Lightning, Legends of Tomorrow, Stargirl. You're going to get Pennyworth. You're going to get Lucifer in there. Uh, You're going to get Superman and Lois. But here is the odd one. You're Batwoman, obviously, of course. There is no Supergirl. Really? And that surprised Mm. everyone. Because a few days uh, earlier, uh, Melissa Benoist had uh, put out on social media, sorry, I'm not going to be there, blah, 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 to the fans. And this kind of got everyone wondering, going, okay, you know, nobody's really off filming to the best of our knowledge because they're not involved with any of the projects that are currently filming. So why are they not available to pre-record something? And even if she is not available where, you know, none of the cast is available. And that just kind of struck people as odd. And then some said, you know, it could be very simple. Maybe they are recording. Maybe they're back to filming and doing stuff. And they decided to possibly keep that, you know. And the whole thing is there's, as they point out, surprise announcements. So how do we know they're not going to just pop in and say, hey, guess what? Here's a live look on and, you know, 
Vancouver, and guess what? Here's the Supergirl cast filming away, and they're doing so. uh, they're doing an Arrowverse panel, so maybe they can fit somebody in with that. The one thing that really kind of weirds me out about all of this stuff is so much you can do, and you even mentioned it. You can pre-record something at some point, and you know you can have someone come in and edit it if you can't figure out what's going on. You know, and just have somebody say something or conduct a smaller interview. Like people are watching it live, but it doesn't mean you can't have pre-recorded segments. Exactly. And, you know, I compare this to when they did the Batwoman reveal at Comic-Con last year, where there was no cast. And, of course, now there's speculation. It was because Ruby had her back injury, so on and so forth. You still had two creatives who came out. They opened the thing up, showed the premiere episode. Two creatives came out, talked it up. There you go. And, you know, people are saying to me, there's not a single member of the cast or creative process who was available to come on and promote the show. And my thought was maybe it's just at a position right now where they felt there wasn't enough to come out and talk about it. But then others have said, right, but you still, doesn't it seem odd that every other show is out there except that one? And I said, yeah, that does strike me as odd. I said, you know, obviously Arrow's not there, but uh, it's over. And then again, someone said, right, but how do we know that's not going to pop up? It's it's an (laughs) odd thing. So it's either a very curious omission or it's going to be a special surprise i really hope it's going to be the special surprise and then moving on to television i mean movies uh the big one that i want to know about is wonder woman 1984 i I have to imagine we're going to have a panel on that one we are and the good thing too i wanted to point out it's uh, dcfandom.com you could go on register it's all free you can get your schedule they also have reruns on things so like if oh, you good. Can't get to certain things on saturday you can schedule in reruns and stuff like that so yeah they have wonder woman 1984 they have james gunn's suicide squad which i think Sweet. is going to be very interesting and then you get some really interesting rumors like for example there's some talk that we're going to get news on the flash movie Oh yeah, they're doing that. I forgot about that. <laughs> well, it's been on and off so much. I, I you know, know, I don't, I don't want to be a pessimist, but I, I put it in there with the Logan's Run remake. Of, it's been on and off so many times. I'll believe it when cameras actually roll. Kind of like Uncharted, which took forever to get to filming. Uh, there's going to be something on the Snyder Cut of Justice League, Ooh. and then um, you know, speculation comes out. There's a Shazam panel, and then there's a Black Adam panel. And the speculation is that uh, Dwayne Johnson's going to be at either one of those. I would hope. And we're going to get some news on the continuation of the Flash franchise. He has been said to have been uh, involved with it. We don't know where. So, the, you know, the most common belief is it's going to be Black Adam slash um, Shazam. So we'll, we'll see that. And I, I've heard even crazier rumors out there that Ryan Reynolds may pop out and what? do something around Green Lantern. There was get a out. joke going around. Oh, there was a joke <laughs> going around that they were going to do a director's cut of Green Lantern or he would be doing. Um, there was something about a cameo of him was supposed to be in uh, the director's cut of uh, Justice League, the Snyder cut. And obviously, it didn't make the film version. Some say it's going to be reinserted in, and there's just all this crazy oh, stuff. So, yeah, exactly. You know what? The only way I would allow that, like I have any say or anything along those lines, but if it was something like where he was there and somehow they redid the costume so it wasn't that CGI monstrosity, like maybe they that's how they do it. They insert a, like they do a reshoot, just do a quick thing and be like, hey guys, and be like, nah, man, we don't need you. Don't worry about it. And then just uh, move on like if they do something like that 
maybe I would sort of accept it. But gosh, man, don't even talk about that old Green Lantern movie. I hate it. <laughs> I think he had the ultimate fan experience when they had the post credit scenes in Deadpool 2 when he went out and took himself out <laughs> for reading the Green Lantern. And then he went after the uh, Wolverine one, the original Deadpool version, yes. and he corrected those. I mean, it's like he clearly has a sense of humor about the whole thing. So it'll be curious to see what they end up doing. Yeah, I'm really kind of excited for all of this, plus the fact that you can watch it at home because, I mean, that's what we're doing this year. Also, for free, you can sign up. It's happening this Saturday. But even if you miss it, if you got this podcast a little bit late, you can get the replays like Gareth said. What was that website again for them to check all that out? Uh, DCFandom.com. If not, just Google it. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much, Gareth. Again, that's Gareth Von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. Thanks, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. Thank you so much, Gareth. And again, DC Fandom is happening uh, this Saturday. Uh, but like I just previously said, if you happen to miss it or anything, uh, they're going to be having replays. So you can uh, just go to uh, the website that Gareth just said because I forgot about it. But you can just rewind it if you forgot about it. And then right there, perfect. Or you can go to SKNR.net <laughs> because you'll get all that information. Now we need to talk about the show that, Vicky, how many times have you binged? Uh, the first season, I can't, I don't remember, a lot. Really? Yes, many a times. The second season, it's like I'm trying not to like, <sighs> not not get used <laughs> to it, I should say. I just, I want to keep it fresh so like every time I watch it, it's a treat again. Ah, okay. So, so you, you binged it when it first dropped and we're mm-hmm. talking about season two of Umbrella Academy, mm-hmm. uh, available on Netflix. Yep. And uh, it came out on Friday, and you had binged almost all of it on that Friday. Yes. And I don't want to throw stones because while you finish it up on Saturday, I watched the first seven episodes on that Saturday and finished it up on Sunday. So it's one of the few times that I've actually gone and I needed to binge this. Yes. Now, Joe, Hmm. did you binge it? No. I Well, not in the traditional sense. (laughs) Okay. I watched an episode a day for about a week. Oh, nice. So you actually kind of paced yourself a little bit. We're able to uh, maybe uh, take in a little bit of the episode, feel how it is, and then the next day you go and watch the next one. I could not wait. <laughs> like the only reason why I didn't go through the entirety of it was because we started the wife and I a little bit later in the afternoon when we were watching it, and it was probably about eleven thirty or so when we finished episode seven. And then I realized there's zero way that I'm going to be able to make it the next three hours to watch. So I'm like, well, I'll just keep these three. I'll be fine. I can get the uh, the first two episodes before the finale, and then have everything wrapped up on Sunday when I'm fresh. It'll be great. I definitely thought there were nine episodes, and I got to the end of the ninth one and said, would you like to play the next episode? And I was like, that wasn't the end? Oh, well, well cool. It's like one of those things that uh, I really remember this. Uh, Game of Thrones kind of did this when they were going. It's like they would have a 10-episode season, but the ninth one was where all of the climactic stuff, all the buildup from the season would happen. And the first couple of seasons, that was a real kind of a surprise. Uh, and now I kind of expect it when it's coming down to this that you'll get kind of a wrap-up. There'll be a little bit more resolution or at least uh, there will be something that happens in Episode 9 that they need to finalize in Episode 10. Because there's a huge cliffhanger at the end of 9. It could have easily ended there. Absolutely. And But the, 10 was the big one where we had the, 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 the big, big, big battle. Yeah. Like literally the biggest battle with <laughs> the, the Temps Commission versus... All of the uh, uh, all assassins, of the assassins, and assassins. all of it. Yeah. Sorry, reference to something else. <laughs> Watch Crossing Swords, people. Yes, assassin. 
Not for kids. But anyway, so yeah, like overall, I loved this season. I thought it was better than the first one. And part of that reason for me was I love just the way they're doing the characters. I love the time travel mostly. But then also I just love the soundtrack. It was so good. Oh my good. God. If you have Spotify, they have the whole soundtrack right then and there you can listen to. Really? Yeah. And it's the, okay, because we're talking spoilers, obviously. Oh when yeah, they absolutely. Did, spoilers for everything on this one. When they did the rendition of Bad Guy by Billie Eilish with somebody else, like it was such a, it was so perfect for that fight scene. And it was with number five and uh, I'm blanking on her name. Nina? Uh, Nina, yes. Yeah. Oh my now, Vicky, uh, beforehand, and if you want to go back, you, it's kind of interesting just because you talked about a whole bunch of different things uh, that were in the comics that mm-hmm. you were hoping to see. Right, or and, curious if they would yeah. delve into. And so uh, did you go back and read the comics again or check it out to see what they did or what happened? So I read the first two. I still haven't had a chance. I was going to actually do it this week, read the third one. Uh, however, I got stuck watching. Not stuck, but I ended up binging another show because it <laughs> just freaking, they grab you every stupid episode. Doom Patrol. Oh, Anywho, yeah. but we'll talk about that on another episode. Um, but one of the things I was hoping we would see and that I had discussed was Allison not only, t- like, it's not just about controlling you, it's about manipulating just everything. Yes, and she's known as the rumor mm-hmm. because and she'll say, uh, I heard a rumor. The, in the comics, because in the show, they do not use code names and they even joke about it in the first season. He's like, right. oh, I hate code names. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, and there's actually some fun facts about some of their code names because some of their powers change from the comics. Oh. Um, so one of the things she does, and you see this in the very first episode and where she says, like, I heard a rumor that I blew your minds. And then phew, they literally, their minds. Yeah. Bl- like their blown. powers got super like, well, like super powered, I guess, like, like the up the level on them. But they, she legit has the ability to like change reality in a sense, mm-hmm. which I think they even showed in the comic where they were fighting like this robotic Abraham Lincoln statue. Like it was actually the <laughs> statue and he comes to life and she says something like that. I had, it's like, uh, she says, I heard a rumor that you got shot in the head. And then a big old statue of John Wilkes Booth comes in and shoots him in the head. And it, from what I understood, it made, it made to make sense to, or it uh, changed the reality so that it actually did happen in real life back in the day. It changed the past. From what I understood, I could have understood it incorrectly. If you guys read the comic and it was different, please let me know. But that's what I mean by she can change reality in the world we live in. It's like, I heard a rumor, you know, your mom's not your mom. And then it turns out, oh, wait, no, now we don't have the same genetic code. Like, I'm wondering if that's really how it would work. And if that's what they'll do more of. We saw a little bit of it in the season two, but... We shall see what happens with that. And if you don't know, if you didn't watch the first season, first off, go and watch the first season. We're spoiling a lot of stuff, yeah, so get we're the hell out. spoiling a ton of stuff, but essentially what it breaks down to is that the end of the world does happen. Uh, they don't necessarily do anything correctly. Vanya brings the moon to the earth, crashes it into it, and just before all of that happens, Five decides to take everyone as kind of a Hail Mary and send them back in time. Uh, his calculations weren't completely correct, but no one turned into like little kids or babies at this point in time or turned into old people. Uh, they just all got kind of launched into different points in time at the same location. So it follows the second book, correct, mm-hmm. with Dallas. Yep. So they all end up in Dallas around the early 60s, mm-hmm. right before the JFK assassination, and everything revolves around that. 
Right. And in the comics, the difference was, and they obviously couldn't do it for this, uh, for season two. And by the way, this is also spoilers for the comics. <laughs> um, what they end up doing is they kind of bribe slash blackmailed or, you know, uh, Allison, rumor, who at that point in time still hadn't regained her voice. Oh, okay. So they said the commission came in. It's like, we need JFK to be assassinated. So there is that whole like young number five fighting with old number five. <laughs> uh, that was great, by the way. Yes. In the comics, that does happen. Like there's a shootout and stuff. But number five is working for the commission to make sure everything kind of happens. Uh, however, Allison is put in place of uh, JFK's wife, Jackie. Oh, and so she wow. gets her voice back and she ha- she tells him, like, I heard a rumor your head exploded. And so she's the one that kills JFK. Oh. And the reason she had to do it, and this might be something that happens next season, it might be something they don't even touch at all. The reason she did it is the commission went back in time and put a gun up to the head of number five's mother as she was about to give birth. Ooh. Kill, that would kill number five. The thing is, she had twins. The other brother was Luther. Uh, In the uh, comic, Luther number five are oh, twins. Oh, wow. Like fraternal, obviously. Yeah, but. it's kind of like a whole like uh, Schwarzenegger-DeVito twin situation right. at that point. But I mean, that's just because Luther got turned into a giant monkey man. Right. But <laughs> we don't know if they're going to continue that in the series because they've obviously changed a lot of things. For example, Diego's name, code name, was the Kraken. That doesn't apply. The reason why he was named the Kraken is because he can hold his breath underwater indefinitely. Oh. And so like the 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 the... the article i was reading like the joke is you know it it didn't seem realistic well in the world of umbrella academy like it just didn't fit yeah and i mean i like the way that his changed too because mm-hmm. it started off you're like oh he can like manipulate knives or something right. like that but it looks like more along the lines that he can manipulate the trajectory mm-hmm. of things similar to domino but it doesn't necessarily have to be f- him yeah like de- uh, what is the word? Depl- not deploring. Um, uh, throwing. I guess unleashing. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, so yeah, it doesn't have to be him throwing in that. And we see a new character in this new season named Nina. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't believe she was in the comics. I don't think so either. And she starts off as someone who hangs out with Diego at the insane asylum. At the insane asylum, because when everyone goes back in time, some people have different times and how long they've been staying there. Like Allison is able to get her voice back because she started. early early and had like a whole year mm-hmm. built a relationship got ha- married had a chance to actually have her uh, her throat heal mm-hmm. which i thought was really smart unfortunately diego decided that he was going to stop lee harvey oswald <laughs> from assassinating jfk and then kind of gets a little conspiracy net everyone's like you're crazy and then actually literally puts him in an asylum right it's the hero complex yeah and it's very much apparent in the part where you know, he finally gets to talk to his dad and his dad kind of calls him out on it. It's like, no, yep, no, nope, oh. this is what's going on with you. And his stutter comes back. I'm like, my heart. Oh, he's such a poor guy on that. Uh, but going back in time with all of this, they mm-hmm. do get a chance to see Reginald. And he's yes. a very pivotal character in this, in the in the whole series, uh, especially for this season. And it was interesting to see how they were dealing with their dad who wasn't their dad at that point. Like, he's got no vested interest in these this group of just ne'er-do-wells at this point. He very much is as cold as he was when he was their father, um, but he does seem a little bit more party-centric, but I'm wondering if that's just, you got to play the game. Yeah. And, like, you, you're hanging out with these uh, 12 dudes in secret, and you kind of have to play the game. You have to do the parties and the get-togethers and the entertaining. Um, but it does seem like he has a relationship with the real grace. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, the real Grace, because we see the robot Grace. Yes. He obviously modeled the robot Grace after this woman named Grace, who was a scientist, you know, that kind of did the whole Pogo thing. And he basically did to Pogo what he did to Luther, Mm -hmm. except, you know, he he, see Pogo again. Little baby Pogo. I would have loved to see more Pogo, to be honest. And there's one other character I wish I would have seen more of. And that would be Hazel. Yeah. Uh, in the trailers, they showed him a little more, but it makes sense. They're just trying to move the trailer along yeah, to explain it, it better. And it's one of those things where they needed a bridge for mm-hmm. this to happen because it ran down the same thing as the first season that they have a very short amount of time to stop the new apocalypse because mm-hmm. they don't know what happens. It's just that five shows up and everything has gone to hell. My favorite meme, it's like his face is just constantly in annoyance. It's like everyone else has had many years since the last apocalypse. He's had like a week. He's like, I just stopped an apocalypse and I have to stop another one again. So, yeah, the whole premise is the apocalypse has followed them. They've got now 10 days because Hazel shows up, says, hey, you've only got this amount of time. Here's a briefcase or. No, no, they take the he gets the the briefcase gets shot. That's right. That's right. And he uses his own. Yeah, he jokes. He's like, I always tell them bulletproof briefcases. Because <laughs> he tried to take the briefcase and he didn't, but he did give him a little note in his pocket that kind of gave him a clue on where to look. Now, I'd like to get both of your guys' opinions on that. I kind of thought it was a little, uh, I thought it was a little ham-fisted how they brought the handler back. Because at the end of the first season, she was shot in the head. Mm-hmm. And then on this one, it's like, well, no, I'm back because I have a metal plate in my head. I thought it was funny how they did it because they were about to incinerate her. Uh-huh. And then she just like blink cough sort of thing. And she's like, help me. Yeah. But I I thought that was a little goofy on that end. I mean, everything in the show is goofy. Yeah, I uh, guess but- so. Yeah, I, I actually had forgotten that she had even been <laughs> shot. So I was like, oh, who's this chick? And then like, again... This was my main gripe with the season, of course, the time travel and that whole agency in general. But mm-hmm. So I kind of just kind of looked the other way because I was like, I don't even remember who she is, but I know she's a part of that agency. So maybe she has superpowers too. So I kind of ignored it. Yeah. But yeah, that I mean, like I was just like, okay, well, she's back. That makes sense. She's supposed to be a villain. So I very much love the handler in the sense of she's so flamboyant. It's not the right word, but she's so like. She's very into pageantry yes. with the way she dresses and yeah. like how she's the only one that's that big and just demands you know to, you to look at her kind of by the way she dresses and the way she talks and the way she bees and leads. Um, that I love just how cartoony she is, but still feels real. Yeah. So I, you know, I okay with overlooking certain things just because I'm like, I want this character in here. Now, Joe, you did mention time travel. It's and not ever going to be okay, Joe. Yeah, it's no time travel movie's ever going to be okay. That's one of the things I've realized with Joe is that if there's a sticking point, it will absolutely be how anything deals with time travel. So, hey, how do you feel about uh, the Umbrella Academy's uh, version of uh, how they deal with time travel? I was just confused. I didn't understand at all how it was supposed to be coherent. It didn't really detract for me because I expected it to be that way. But I just felt like they didn't want to put rules because they knew it would be bad for the show. So they kind of just ignored it, which is fine. That's a good way to go about it if you're just going to tell a different story. But like you can't have five kill the board in the past if he's hired by them in the future. That doesn't really work ever. And it's one of those things where, like, we're hiding in time. Okay, so it's like you kill them in 82 where – so – and, again, it gets into those, like, uh, I don't understand. Now, there's so many different ways that they've done time travel. It feels like they're kind of just doing almost 
sort of like the Back to the Future, one linear timeline. If you do one change, it'll change everything. And we see that at the end because all of a sudden we don't have the Umbrella Academy. Reginald decided to make the Sparrow Academy. Mm -hmm. And we see a whole bunch of new people. Well, except for Ben. Ben's back, but Ben's alive. Yeah, and I think it worked when we had talked about it off air originally. When we, I thought it existed outside of time, that whole agency. But yeah. then later, it sounds like it doesn't. It sounds like it's part of the timeline. So that's where I kind of got lost. But again, yeah. and that's what I thought too. I thought maybe that they're just using this old school aesthetic because that's just what they wanted to do with that. Mm-hmm. But apparently, it takes place in like the 30s or 50s or something like that. Like the time the the Temp Commission is in there. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's that same thing where like. Well, maybe I just don't need to worry about that, it, and it, I can just deal with the characters and having fun with that. Because at the end of the day, like time is so weird because they're supposed to be in 2019, right? And mm-hmm. that's one of the things I said about the first season is that you notice they have like Allison has to go to the library to look up information about Leonard. She oh, can't just yeah. pull out her iPhone and just go on the internet. Although there was a discrepancy because Diego did mention eBay at one point. Like, yeah. But they don't have cell phones. They all talk on, like, you know, home phones or pay phones, which is something we never see anymore. It reminds me a lot of Gotham, what they were doing with that, this sort of, like, retro future or retro current time Mm -hmm. where they'll have flip phones or even with, like, Watchmen. There's no social media in the HBO series Watchmen. Mm -hmm. And they did that as a, like, they made sure, like, this is a main reason to do that so you don't have a lot of those sort of hang-ups and you can kind of just write around all of that. Right. Or even, like, Sabrina, they don't, they do have technology. You know they're in our time because I've seen, like, an iPhone However, they don't dwell on like being like normal, quote unquote, which I kind of dig. I like that, like that it's not so technology based that it's like, okay, that's that's it. Cool. I figured it out. Bye. But overall, I really love the series. Uh, I I binge it super fast. So I think I feel like I need like I wanted Uh, to do that so I wouldn't get spoiled by any articles. Because like the Friday it came out, there were a million articles coming out. and I was like, I can't even look at the Internet right now without it. So I had to get through it. I don't know necessarily if I'm going to go back because I just like reading all the stuff again. Like mm-hmm. just all the different articles keep, and stuff, and I keep forgetting to bring you the book so you can read them too. I know. Remind me tomorrow. I'll try to on that. <laughs> um, but overall, how'd you guys feel about it? It's. I think it compares. It's as good, if not maybe a little better than the first season, just because of all the different people we got to meet, all the different places we went. Because always the first season is very much the origin story, if you will, and you know that's always fun getting to know these characters. But usually it's like, oh, this was good, and you couldn't live up to the hype. We knew the characters, and they kept going with it, and we got something good. Absolutely. Joe? I like the way the first se- or second season was shot a lot more. I thought they did a better job with the music, better job with the way they handled the colors and the angles yeah, and yeah. the actual emotions behind the characters. Because to Vicky's point, you don't have to teach anyone what their powers are or anything like that. You already know. Because they essentially just rehash the same storyline in the second season. Just better done. Yeah. And I, I love what they did with Vanya. Like, uh, yes. she, she's always having to deal with, um, emotional manipulation. And this one wasn't necessarily like, it was almost like she was manipulating herself and she was the manipulator trying mm-hmm. to get, uh, sissy out of this toxic relationship, but also forgetting that it's not, you know, the two thousands where all of this is acceptable. And even like sissy was just like, you know, sometimes people can't follow their dreams and having to deal with that um and even dealing with like harlan which back then it's like what the hell's wrong with this kid and now and she even says like 
in the future, we, there's a name for what he has and they can help him. Yeah. And uh, but you just can't leave everything behind, mm-hmm. even though it's it's toxic as F. Well, but she ends up doing it because, you know, well, she kind of has to. Yeah. But that kind of leads into a bunch of fan theories. Uh Oh, all right. Cool. These are fun. These are fun. Which first one involves Harlan. OK. Like people are wondering, because if you for those who don't remember, need a little refresher. Harlan was Sissy's son who Vanya saves and ends up like giving him powers and then what we think is take them away but at the end when they're driving to California you see him in the back with a little bird toy yeah a little floaty maybe a sparrow yeah oh, oh. floating in his hand oh, yeah. so the conspiracy theory is he might have something to do with the sparrow academy and you know what just thinking about that what if he has something to do with the 43 kids that were all born at the same time with all of these powers. Yeah, see, I still have the feeling that I think it's Reginald is technically all their father. Oh, you think so? Like in a weird way, I think so. Kind of like, a, did you guys watch Sense8? Uh, I watched a little bit of it. All right, so, I mean, it's not that big of a spoiler. So the way the, the Sense8 people are created, like they have a mother, and so she like po- like b- basically bursts out, like uh, births this energy out, and... It like connects the sense eight people, like who their clusters are. Oh, okay. They all get like this really bad headache, and then they get connected to each other. So it's like kind of like your mutant ability getting. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. Hitting you when you're 13 or whatever. It's like That's connecting via Bluetooth. Kind of, yeah. It's like hey, we're all connected to the same, <laughs> you know. People. To the same speaker here, but that's kind of what I think it was. It's like we're putting this out in the universe, and it's technically we're. I'm your father. I'm your mother. Whatever. And so you are in a way my children. That's my fan theory. That'll be that'll be that'll be kind of an interesting thing to put on that. Yeah. But yeah, the Umbrella Academy, the other fan theory is that they totally altered the timeline. Oh yeah, they totally did. Definitely. I but mean, there's two things. I mean, between okay. talking to Reginald and also mm-hmm. uh basically they threw in old uh number five to kind of replace him. Yeah, yeah. Cause yeah, and they tossed him back in because that's what happened when they couldn't use the uh the next briefcase. Right. Because it got sliced in half by the portal. Right. And you know, he tells him how to stay old and not get young. Yep. But also freaking Luther tells him, like, oh yeah, the eyeball's not gonna lead anywhere. We figured out what caused it. It was Vanya. It's like, so all we have to do is play nice with her. Yeah. And this wouldn't happen. You have to it's be like, polite to we Vanya. Got this. Who has the worst powers in the world. Oh, <laughs> best powers because, I mean, you know, hey, super powerful. I, I thought it was entertaining that, she, like, the whole time they're like, she's not, you know, she's not going to be the reason. She's not going to be the reason. She's stuck on a farmhouse out in the boonies. How is she going to be the reason? Oh, she's the reason. Yeah. <laughs> not her like, fault eh. in this sense. It's it's always not her fault. Right. It, I mean, she's it's just like, it's like, I just love it because it's like, it's probably Vanya's fault. And then, yeah. Sure as not, sure as it is. That was the one part where I was like, <laughs> it's clearly her. Like at the beginning of the season, I was like, it, she's going to cause it. And they're all like, I don't know what's going to cause it. I'm like, well, I mean, if it's anything like it was before. <laughs> but I was also like, yeah, it's been three years, though. But uh, the idea, though, like how we did say, like meeting Reginald definitely in 1963 changed him, like made it so he would adopt different kids. He was taking notes when he was talking to them. The one that he did not get to talk about because freaking Klaus was being Klaus. He's like, oh, yeah ghosts can't time travel <laughs> he never heard about ben or his powers he just knew that there is one that died yes so that also explains why ben is in the sparrow academy and potentially potentially doesn't even adopt any of them yeah he goes and adopts other kids on purpose because of how much of a train wreck each of these uh, characters really are mm-hmm. uh, i l- just yeah that's my purveying theory is that he was like i don't like you 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 and it'd be just like oh you're gonna have a kid what are you gonna name it well, well he didn't even do names and how is he gonna make sure that he knows not to pick 
those kids. Yeah. Because it's I a mean, total random crapshoot because he was just able to get seven of them because, I mean, not everyone's just going to give their baby to a random dude who's like, let me, let me buy your you? baby for you. Um, there's also, like, if you see at the very end, the silhouette of the Sparrow Academy, there's like this weird green orb. Some people believe he might, that might be a member of the Sparrow Academy, or some people believe that might be the version of Grace, because Grace leaves. She's like, it's like, you, you yeah. have to be okay with me not talk, telling you these things yet. And she's like, I'm not, because Diego kind of steps in. It's like, look at his stuff. He's not the person you think he is. So Diego's the one that kind of, in a way, makes it so he doesn't have what he calls his mom. I'd, I I want to give a shout out right now. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm just gonna say I really like the point that uh, we were talking about Ben, like Ben and Klaus's relationship. Mm, yes, uh, that they did with just Klaus ro- running a cult and using using Ben as the ghost to lift him up and kind of help with all of the parlor tricks. I thought was genius. I love the way that he just got kind of Ben got tired of it and was like, "Come on, man! Like you gotta like." Take me back there because I need these people. And Klaus was like, no, no, I need Dave. And that was that was gut-wrenching yeah. all the way through. But I thought it was really good for um, both of their characters to have all of that. And even seeing them back with the uh, the death of Ben mm-hmm. uh, and then him coming back and Klaus and them talking. And just kind of that whole resolution with all of that was really, really nice. Right. Even like when I thought Ben was gone for good, I was like, did it so well. I know. He saved us. It's like, do you remember me? It's like, Ben. Like, it was just such a sweet moment. I loved it all. Um, some people think the Sparrow Academy will actually be anti-heroes and maybe seen as evil. So they won't be like, we are heroes. These kids are going to save the earth. They're like, no, we're just going to do what's necessary. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because Reginald is, uh, he's a hard ass. Mm-hmm. And so if you get... Uh, different uh, characters, there's always a chance of them being able to go along with that way more than um, needing like a a mother character like Grace mm-hmm. and not having that might just remove all of that. And all their humanity. Yeah. That makes sense because the scar, man, anytime they show you a scar on someone and Ben has a giant scar, that usually yeah. means they go evil. Yeah. Right. But it was also, yeah, maybe that was like they were able to stop, like maybe the scar was from when he died in the uh, prime timeline, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't, he just got the scar and now he's all emo about it and angry. And, right. Oh. Uh, the other fan theory is that Lila will be in the Sparrow Academy. Oh, yeah, because Lila just disappeared at the yep. end because she realized that the handler actually uh, murdered her parents. her parents and that she is one of the 43. So now we've got, what, like um, uh, 35 other potential uh, uh, super-powered kids running around? Uh, somebody, this one's actually interesting, and I'm, I never even thought of it. Um, some people consider that the handler might actually be one of the 43 babies. But she's, oh, how did that? Time travel. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, five is a little kid at this point in time. Right. She's part of the time travel thing. She could have done anything at any point. But this one Reddit user suggests that instances where the, she's seen stopping time, it's not actually the briefcase or anything. It's a result of her own power. Mm. And, you know, her older age could be a result of time travel or being on a different timeline. Now, going back to Lila and the powers, what do you think her power actually is? Uh, I think it's very similar to, I'm um, blanking on his name, basically Milo Ventimiglia's character in Heroes. Oh, okay. Where if she's near you, she will take on your powers. How do you feel about it, Joe? That was another one of those ones where I was just like, <laughs> don't explain it because it's not going to make any sense. Because if the, somebody pointed out, when they're running away in the, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, the from the asylum, yeah. from the Swedes, 
Which, by the way, I'm like, oh, poor Swedes. Actually, I know. You know. I like. I, I I don't like the assassins that are going to try to kill these guys, but I thought they were the, well done. Yeah, those like you actually felt for them. Yeah. Which absolutely, they're just trying oh, to do their damn job. Which when do you ever feel for? I mean, they did a good job with Hazel and Chacha. Was just like, I want to be assassin. This is my my calling. Mm-hmm. And so she was a bitch, but a great bitch. <laughs> um, but when they're running away from the Swedes, I'm like, how are they not? Like it's a it's a show. You usually just kind of play it off like it's always a show. Like they're shooting a hundred bullets and none of them hit you. Like what are they stormtroopers? Like it was actually Lila using Diego's powers to redirect the bullets. Oh. That's why. That's like what. Because she's within that range. And she's right next to him. And she got out when five was near of uh, the jail area to tell so she could teleport out, I think, mm-hmm. maybe. Oh. See, now now I need to go back and watch it yep. now that I know that Nina has the powers all the time. Because, yeah, even when she was fighting uh, with uh, with five and Diego versus the Swedes, like uh, she was just able to do all of this like great stuff. And you're like... Okay, you've got some training. I understand that, but there's got to be something a little more to it than that. Uh, the one thing that I was kind of confused on, because I was reading this article and I'm like, <laughs> you're wrong. You are wrong. Oh, really? Uh, it's like the umbrella. Like I was just looking through because I was trying to find another article, but I found this one. It's a Wi-Fi doesn't have a real name. And in the comics, it's explained that Grace is the one that names them all. And he says, thank you for naming my brother and sis- brothers and sisters. Um, but he was already in the future at that point. And so that's kind of what this article implies, that even though they never said that, that is why he just stuck with number five. He didn't give himself a real name because he was in the future. But they had already had names. Like Allison was called Allison. There's this scene in the first season where they go up to Reginald's study and they're like, oh, the kids want to say goodnight to you. And he just ignores them. And so like, okay, Allison, let's go to sleep. And it's like, like, he's busy. Your father's busy. It's like, he's always busy. But she called her Allison. So that implies that she already named them all. I love it when Vicky will actually say something. <laughs> well, on actually, that. no, because that was just a discrepancy there. You messed up. Now, at this point in time, we don't know what's going to happen with uh, a season three. There's been there nothing. There needs to be one. Right? There, nothing has been confirmed yet, but my only hope is I know that it's one of the fan theories is that it's actually like uh, opposite versions or evil versions of these same characters. I hope they don't do that. I don't need like twin fighting right. people like that. I don't want that. So I have not read this one yet. So spoiler alert, if you have not read the third book, which is Hotel Oblivion, but this is what the characters are or what kind of powers they seem to have, the Sparrow Academy. Okay. And they do look more superhero-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, like, their version of number one. Uh, so what ends up happening, Vanya is actually does get shot in the head instead of near her head. Oh. And so she loses her memory of things that have happened. Um, she gets taken around the world by Mother or Grace on the show. And along the way, she's intru- she introduces Vanya to a pink-haired man named Deaver. Though Vanya noted his similarity to Reginald, Deaver proved infinitely more pleasant. He conveyed that he and Reginald once worked together in the same city, though Deaver had never really liked him. And he expressed much more fondness for Vanya's robotic mother. So kind of a thing for Grace. Oh, weird. Um, <laughs> he was said to have quizzed Vanya for 20 minutes, and it's likely the overseer of the Sparrow Academy in the, in the book. So soon after, Vanya was taken to the site of the Umbrella Academy's battle with the Eiffel Tower in the, in the comic book. Mm-hmm. Uh, there she met a woman named Clara who wore a jacket with the Sparrow logo on it. Clara led Vanya to Norway where the Sparrow Academy was based. She repeatedly referred to Vanya's, it as Vanya's home and conveyed that the people they'd find inside were family. 
So that kind of makes me wonder about the Harlan thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, after saving the Umbrella Academy from rampaging supervillains, the official meeting between the two groups continued that trend, and the Sparrow's leader referred to Luther as brother, making the dynamic less, far less contentious, at least from the outset. So the powers displayed from the comic book Sparrow Academy are equal parts distinctly similar and wildly different. Like Luther, the number one uh, of the Sparrows Academy appears to have super strength, so like Luther. Mm-hmm. Although he also seems to be able to fly. Oh. So the number one has super Superman-y, strength and can yeah. fly, doesn't have a monkey body. <laughs> However, it's unclear of whether it's his own power extended to him by the unnamed blonde Sparrow, who's also seen flying. Uh, Carla enabled Vanya to be able to walk again because she was Oh, shot yeah, in the head. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, suggesting a healing ability or something similar to it, uh, to Allison's, you know, often unused reality warping power. Because it's not really a tell you what to do. It's a reality warping power. That's yeah. a good way to explain it. Uh, another unnamed sparrow wearing a gray sweatshirt uh, instead of the red and black uniform was able to emit an energy beam from their face. Pew, pew. Another member transformed themselves into a murder of crows. Whether or not they That's could, cool. in fact, become any other animal, it's not known. A non-human-looking sparrow uh, worked like a voodoo doll, able to transform the pain of self-inflicted wounds onto others. Oh, and the final that's messed up. Yeah, the final sparrow was an unnamed floating green cube. So that does uh, the cubie yep. cube. Yeah, maybe that is actual like whatever when they're born. They, when they born. They came out as a Rubik's cube, or maybe he transforms into a cube. All right. Know. Yeah. Uh, what abilities they possess, if any, were left unclear. However, the sparrow immediate journey from Norway to America could suggest teleportation. Whatever the case, they've already confirmed uh, the season two final scene is part of the. Sh- you know, obviously, it's connected. So it'll just lead to it'll. This is really interesting because what it's doing is it's going to be putting out characters that uh, we don't really know a whole about a lot about from the comic itself, and they can kind of just go buck wild with it at that yeah, point. Yeah, we don't need Bizarro, you know, Luther or yeah, Superman. Yeah, that'll you be. Know. Oh man! Please give us a Please season three. Please a season three. I love it. Now I gotta go back and watch season two though. So Maybe thumbs up for me. Yep, uh, ten out of ten for me. I would even be cool with a season four, but probably no more than that. Oh, all right then. Joe, how'd you feel about it? Giving it a seven. Nice. Okay. All right. Yeah. Solid. Solid time travel still get you. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Still. <laughs> Until next time, guys, stay nerdy.